ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's up? What's going on? What's good? Here we are. This is the March 28, 2021 episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show. I am your host, James Bell, the leader of the Boxing Source on social media. You could catch us on the social media platforms. You know what I'm talking about. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, you have the YouTube channel. We are going to be talking about, you know, the uh, fight card, of course, that happened last night over in the UK, Gibraltar, uh, the rematch between Dylan White and Alexander Povetkin, and kind of go over a few fights that were on that fight card. That was a fairly long fight card. Um, If uh, though there were people that, you know, kind of follow you know, uh, this, um, you know, Boxing Source movement, and uh, you were able to join on the YouTube Boxing channel yesterday, uh, you would, you know, see that <laughs> we kind of um, had a very, very long card uh, there at Gibraltar that was pretty much about, what, almost uh, four hours plus uh, there. So that was uh, one thing that, you know, kind of like got uh, got a little bit of uh, criticism from some of them. Like he had a good number of fights on there, um, you know, that we're going to be, you know, kind of like touching on a little bit. Uh, but, of course, we want to focus on the main event that was for the interim WBC heavyweight title. You know, um, you know, for those that are, you know, listening uh, through live this live portion, uh, and want to chime in, uh, there will be a link available uh, to do that. So uh, those that are, you know, on here through the YouTube channel on this live session, you could join uh, through the link that is posted. Um, but uh, I would thank all of those that are, you know, joining in live and all of those that will be listening later on, uh, you know, through the uh, podcast on iTunes or Google Podcasts or Spotify or whatever you could listen uh, uh, to podcasts through. You're also on iHeartRadio, too. So we got uh, this podcast on any type of, you know, app that hosts podcasts. So you'll be able to listen to uh, this and other podcasts that we've had in the past uh, on demand, right? But want to get into you know what happened last night um let's jump right into it main event Gibraltar you know they set this whole thing up and 
Yo, Dylan White, Alexander Pavekin. Yo, for the interim WBC heavyweight title. Yo, uh, Dylan White had been, uh, you know, coming off a string of victories ever since his loss to Anthony Joshua. That was, you know, seemed like a long time ago, 2015, uh, until he had his little ordeal with Alexander Pavekin in the summer of last year uh, over in Essex in the United Kingdom where he got hit with a left jab and thought he was going to get uh, hit with a right hand. Nope. Was a left uppercut, caught him square in the chin, perfect punch, dropped him down to the canvas, and it was a wrap for him. Uh, so at that time, he had lost the interim WBC heavyweight championship. He was uh, standing as the WBC mandatory. And, of course, we know about the story about Dylan White being a mandatory challenger to the WBC heavyweight championship. But with him losing, Alexander Povetkin was able to acquire the interim WBC championship. And immediately after that loss, Dylan White in in invoked the rematch clause so wanted to get back in the ring against alexander pavekin and was able to do that uh after you know a couple of delays with one being you know pavekin uh being hit with COVID, uh so it took until you know uh, march 27th for that fight to take place so you have uh you know dylan white Seeming like he had a whole lot on the line going up against Alexander Povetkin, who, you know, as I mean, many have seen in his previous fights, he he just wasn't completely uh, there. He was on his way down as far as like his career was concerned, and he just was able to get a uh, you know win out of the blue. Shout out to One uh, Two Kid joining us uh, live here. Uh, shout out to One Two Kid. What's been good with you? Um, just, you know, going through this thing, I mean, you had, uh, like I said, um, Dylan White walking into the ring there, you know, giving a, you know, um, props to, you know, uh, former middleweight king, uh, there, um, marvelous Marvin Hagler, who, you know, transitioned two weeks ago, uh, had our RIP Hagler, uh, on his robe, on his way to the ring, um, uh, then you had, of course, uh, Alexander Povetkin, uh, you know, walk into the ring. You know, Povetkin. Povetkin is not one to, you know, be a uh, flashy character. He just goes in, tries to, you know, take care of business, get the win, either get a stoppage or a knockout. Um, you know, very tactical guy. And, you know, going into this bout, you know, one of the things that I was kind of skeptical of when it came to Dylan White is, is that, you know, Dylan White, even though he had been having that streak of wins against the likes of Joseph Parker, Oscar Rivas, and, you know, uh, Maris Wack, it's not like, you know, he does uh, anything that, like, exceptional. If, if you look at, you know, the total package of Dylan White, yes, he has the name of the body snatcher, but uh, there isn't, like, something that you could pretty much say that he does that is stellar in nature. Um, you know, everything is, you know, kind of like by the book, um, you know, takes what's there, uh, take what, you know, you know, what his opponent gives to him. Um, and with Alexander Povetkin, even though, you know, he was 
you know, as many would say, kind of like longer than two, 40, 41 years old. I uh, still had that, you know, mindset of setting his opponent up for different shots, you know, kind of getting giving feints and things like that. So that was uh, what it was coming into the bout. But I mean, we 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 saw like in the first round, man, it was it was it was just not looking good at all for Alexander Povetkin. Uh, you know, while Dylan White looked like he was trying to blitz Alexander Povetkin uh, there, um, but you know, it wasn't as effective as some might have thought. Um, but Povetkin was slipping and sliding; his legs weren't there. Um, he he was like stumbling towards the ropes, really not getting affected by his shots in the first round. That was, but you seen like with this overall balance, he he just was not completely there. Um, oh, quick shout out to UK forty seven boxing on the uh, live uh, here. Thanks for joining on this uh, live podcast. Uh, if anyone wants to, you know, join in and uh, give their thoughts, and they could uh, just go through. Uh, what's available on, on, and then I'll be able to add you on. Uh, but back into it, um, you know, Dylan White, you know, just tried to look like he was going going through the motions, it seemed, once again. And one, one of the things that I did see from Dylan White that is a definite problem for me is that he leaves his left hand out way too wide. If you have your, you know, your basic boxing stance, you kind of like have your hands close to your body or close to your face. But, you know, in, in this particular bout, you saw like Dylan White with a uh, his left hand like way out there and not really throwing the jabs and whatnot. So I, I just thought that was uh, something where he leaves himself open to a right hand leads to a good right hook. Um, but it really didn't give him much issues against Alexander Povetkin as Povetkin just, it just looked like he was just there only to show up, man. And that pretty much was it. But before I continue, I want to bring in a great contributor to the uh, podcast here, a uh, colleague uh, in the boxing game, also covers uh, sport of football and basketball. YSM Sports Media is in the building. What's going on? Hey, what's good, JR? All good, all good on this side, man. Um, um, uh, I mean, you know how it was uh, yesterday. You know when, you know we kind of went over this fight while it was going on, and we just seen from the video that Pavekin was just not there at all. And yeah, that first round he was, you know, slipping and sliding, bumbling and stumbling, like you know Chris Berman says. I was like, oh, come on, man! It, 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 like. And you were on here. You had like so much going into Bavekin, just taking out Dylan White once and for all. But that first round, we both saw like, man, Bavekin just, yeah, I don't know, man. It was it was just not there for him at all, you know. Let's be honest, right? I think a lot of us underplayed and undervalued. The the COVID situation with Alexander Povetkin, and now looking back on it, I think that Eddie didn't give him enough time to be 100%. That could, I mean, that's in there. That's that's definitely in there because the thing with COVID is, is everybody uh, reacts to it differently. You know, everybody reacts to it differently. 
Um, some can recover, you know, just within those like 10 to 14 days. Uh, some, you know, don't, as we know, don't, you know, recover. And some really aren't necessarily the same, you know. And with with, with Pavekin, it, it just seemed like he wasn't totally there, um, you know, as far as like his his mechanics weren't totally there. Like he was pretty much like around the shape that he usually is in, around 227, 229 pounds. But like his mobility was just not there at all. Um, he, he looked like he was, you know, a little bit lethargic coming off those first couple of rounds. And I mean, we, we know Pavekin. Pavekin is somebody that, you know, kind of like, you know, even though it may not seem like he moves his head a lot, but when he gets into his offense, he sets up his opponents. Like, he'll faint, you know, uh, a lot of people with his punches. And we just did not see that at all uh, with Pavekin and his his overall response to, you know, uh, Dylan White's offense was non-existent. I mean, uh, let's look at what COVID attacks. It attacks your lungs. Um, a lot of people lose exorbitant amount of weight. A friend of mine just lost 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, smell, taste. So now your senses will be affected. It looked like his equilibrium was off. From the get-go. It's, um, he'll go to block a shot, then he'll go stumbling. And it's you can't say it's because of the crazy power of Dillian White because he faced White just, what, a year ago? And you didn't really see that, even though he was getting it was a couple flash knockdowns. You didn't really see the effect from just Dillian White hitting him with a shot or like roughing him up. He was slipping and sliding like it it was crazy. It you it had the look of it that he was an old man, and I don't know if it was a hundred percent age or he didn't have enough time to recover from COVID. And not saying that he still had it. I'm just saying that I, I feel like you need 10 to 12 weeks to get back and fight with you and even have that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's something that, like, you know, if, if it's a, you know, severe case of, of COVID, yeah, you need at least, you know, three months or so. You know, while, you know, we've had like a, other instances where uh, fighters have, you know, been hit with COVID, uh, but, you know, they're um, it just like they said that they recovered or they just rescheduled about like two weeks or two months later or something like that. Like here, it just seemed like with Pavekin, it was, you know, much more than, you know, other fighters, you know, may have been able to, you know, get so. With, with that being said, it's like, you know, was he, you know, actually ready? You know what I mean? And um, like going back to, um, you know, when it was originally scheduled in November, right? Mm. It was like supposed to be like November 21st or something like that. And, you know, that's when they like postponed it originally due to COVID. And then mm. there was like something where like that next month when when they had the um Joshua uh versus Pulev fight uh and they were talking to Dylan White and Dylan White then was talking about he like he didn't understand like what's going on like why isn't Pavekin ready and everything like that but 
it almost seemed like they were trying to, you know, rush him a little bit to try to get him back in the ring. Because remember, they were trying to have the fight in January also. Yeah. And you know, it couldn't it couldn't take place. So it's like, okay, um, you know, why were they in such a rush to, you know, get this fight going? And it just seemed like, you know, there wasn't really much that, you know, Pavekin could do in this bout. And yeah, I know that, you know, he really didn't have um good response in that first bout, but at least he still had some type of sense where he you know, had a little bit of his legs under him. He could get behind his punches and, and stuff like that. But here, that just didn't happen at all, you know? Jay, no legs. Like I said, no equilibrium, no snap on his punches, no head movement. Uh, he might have landed two, three punches around. If that, some rounds he didn't land any punch. It was It, it was a horrible showing. And I don't know if it's the age. And we all know that COVID affects, like you said, COVID affects people differently, right? So you had some boxes that didn't have any symptoms but a positive test. Mm-hmm. But we all know Alexander Pavekin is an older man. Right. Years old. Right. So. It, yep. And that's the thing with, with COVID is like, I mean, sometimes, it, you know, it affects people's, you know, immune systems. Some of people's immune systems might not be as strong. You know, uh, and age does have a factor in it. Um, so, you know, that that was, you know, my little thing about having this fight going on. And it just, you know, it just seemed like uh, Pavekin just didn't look like, you know, it was him at all. You know, before, uh, during the fight and after the fight, you know, after the fight, of course, he's, you know, a very respectful, you know, fighter and everything, but it was just like, he was like, yeah, go ahead, you know, go, you know, have the belt, you know, good job and everything like that. But it wasn't to me anything that said like Dylan White was very impressive. Like I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, Dylan White is somebody that isn't one that does anything exceptional. You know, I mean, people talk about his left hook or, you know, do his body work or whatever it is. But what does he do to set all that up? He really doesn't, you know, do much to set it up. Dylan White's an average fighter, bro. Yeah. No and, matter how. Go yeah. Ahead. Now, I was saying, like, the way that he throws his punches, it's not like he sets people up for anything. You know, uh, it's not like he's, you know, um, very, uh, you know, forceful with his punches to start off with. And while he might have had like a little bit of hints of that in in this particular bout, like in the third round, that's not something that he does like, you know, every single time. So, I I mean, I really just see like somebody that, you know, really wants it, wants to go after it, could really bless him and get him. He's an average fighter, JR. No matter how UK fans want to present him as an average fighter. A good power, but not great. No speed, horrible endurance. I mean, skills-wise, the the jab is below average. Straight right is average. The left hook is solid. Like, what, looking at him, what draws you towards Dillian White? Nothing. Like, if you look at AJ, you look at Fury, you look at Wilder. Right? AJ would be the combination of, of a boxer puncher. Wilder's the puncher. 
Fury's the boxer. They they're they're bringing something. Mm-hmm. Like you you know with Deontay Wilder, like no he's not a great boxer, but he's an elite level athlete. Explosive power, like top ten power of all time. Well, like come on, with like Luis Ortiz, very skillful. What does Dillian White have? He gets knocked down in every fight, every major fight, knocked down or knocked out. Am I lying? No, I mean, I I was saying there like during the fight, like, I, like I I seen like he he leaves his left hand low, or like way way too far in front of his body, you know, in front of his body, to leave himself open for right hands, and you know, and speaking of right hands, man, <laughs> we said it during the fight. <laughs> there were times when he was like, you know, at a distance from. From Alexander Povetkin, and he, like I said, he hit. He was trying to hit him with the George Foreman super punch. Oh, <laughs> George Foreman KO boxing, like uh, like. I mean, if y'all y'all was in the video games, you had that George Foreman KO boxing that was on Sega Genesis Super Nintendo. And if you use that super punch, <laughs> you know you use uh, a. <laughs> Use George Foreman to just cock Yo, bro. It. it was it was embarrassing, and then it was even worse when Alexander Povetkin got hit by it. Yeah, it's like he it's like yo, just just pack this in. It it was a yeah. it was a horrible fight, horrible. And like Eddie, come on, but it it was by design. You caught Alexander Povetkin, and I'm not taking nothing away from White, but I understand what the circumstances was. So now you got him back in the mix of the heavyweight division when I don't think he can beat any fighter in the top five. Yeah, but it, but it kind of like goes into kind of like where the, the heavyweight division is at this point. You have people in the top three, and those in the top three are considerably higher than those that are below them. You know, with the, I guess, the unknown of for some, the unknown of Alexander Usyk, but the way Usyk performed against Derek Chisora, I'm not all too sure about that. Um, and, and if you look at it, you you have guys like a Joe Joyce, you have a Joseph Parker, you have a, um, you know even a Michael Hunter. Can Dillian uh, White beat Michael Hunter or Joe Joyce? He definitely can't beat Joe Joyce. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> he can't. Can he beat Michael Hunter? Mm, no, I don't, no. I, I don't think I don't see it. No, okay. the Michael Hunter that fought he, Alexander Povetkin. Do you think he beats Andy Ruiz? Mm, no. Does he beat Luis Ortiz? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I got another one for you. Does he beat Otto Wallin? Oh, that would be a good. That would be a great one with uh, you know, my boy there, man. Otto Wallin could get him. You know, he, he I, I think Ala Wali without work him. And 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 the thing with the thing with Dylan White is he has no defense. So he could get jabbed up by somebody like Ala Wali, who has a pretty good jab, and you know, he just be able to outwork the dude. All he gotta do is just not, you know, get hit with the power shot or too many power shots from Dylan White. Just being straight up. 
And I know that, you know, we have, uh, like you said, a lot of the UK guys that back Dylan White. But, you know, my thing is, like, what does he do that is exceptional in the heavyweight division? He doesn't have anything. And I know that, you know, heavyweight isn't necessarily that deep when it comes to great fighters, but there are a lot of good fighters uh, that are around there. Um, and Dylan White could get caught by any one of those guys. Um, you know, like you said, with Andy Ruiz, especially now, um, with Eddie Reynoso, I, I, don't, I don't see it. I mean, we're going to see, of course, uh, Andy Ruiz in action. That's now going to be on May 1st against Chris Ariola on pay-per-view. And, of course, we've seen what Joe Joyce did <laughs> with a great performance there against Daniel Dubois last year. So, does he beat Daniel Dubois? Ooh, that would be a good. That would be a good one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of skeptical about Daniel Dubois because he, he has like, uh, it's almost like he wants to, you know, run through everybody and doesn't set anything up. So that's how he got beat up by, you know, Joe Joyce, but. Uh, yeah, like I was, um, you know, going like we were going through those um, heavyweights. I just named what would be around the top 10 uh, heavyweights that are out there right now, uh, according to that transnational boxing rankings board. You know, so, man, I, yeah, I don't see Dylan White beating, beating those guys. You know what I mean? I just don't see it. He's a... He doesn't have an exceptional talent. And the I feel like the worst thing about him is his gas tank. It's like, bro, he's he's the every original. Time. He, every time. The beef patty daddy. That's what I call him. Every man, look. He's going to gas out. Like, those last three or four rounds against, like, Wok. Come on, man. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Look, he wasn't in shape at all in that fight. No. What, he came in like 270. Come on. Yeah, to over 270, man. Nah. Yeah, just, and now people want to talk about what he'll do to Wilder. It's like, okay, Wilder lo loses to uh, Tyson Fury. He's not Tyson Fury, bro. He's not 6'9. He doesn't have, he doesn't have good boxing. He doesn't have a good jab. He, like I said, he doesn't move his head and he doesn't really have any defense. None of those things. And let's be honest, like, they stopped the fight. Tyson Fury didn't knock him out. They're telling me that, oh, yeah, he knocks out a Wilder. No, he doesn't. He's going to get caught. Like you said, that left hand's low. He's going to get caught with a straight right. Yep. He'll get caught with a straight right, you know. And In Brazil style. Yep. Pretty much. And, you know, they, man, that's the thing. And, uh, Oh goodness! They're gonna put him. Um, they're gonna have Dylan White like at, at, at uh, what is it like number three or number four overall in heavyweight rankings? You know, after this win, which that's a lot to you know that's a lot to you know go through because you know we we named those guys the Ruizes, the Hunters, the you know Usics, the. All the Wallings that you know could you know really beat you know someone like Dylan White because 
as as much as Dylan White, you know, claims to, you know, say that he's training and this and that, like he he's not in, you know, top shape, like you were saying yesterday. Like some of them should not be over 240 pounds. True. Auto is going to outbox him badly. Badly. Now, he has no pop, zero pop, but he's going to outbox him badly, and he has a motor. It's like, come on, man. Come on with the Dillian White shit. I don't like Dillian White. You can call me biased. You can say whatever. I don't think Dillian White is good at boxing. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think he's good at boxing. I don't think he can beat any heavyweight in the top seven. I can name seven to eight heavyweights that will wax that that will wax him. Yo. Maybe even ten. Hmm. His whole career was questionable decisions and careful matchmaking. Lucas Brown was he like a two year layoff? You want to? People were bragging about the Chisora win. Really, Chisora got double digit losses. Oscar Rivas, did he win that fight? He was almost dead. Got knocked down in the talk. Like, come on, man. Yeah, oh, oh along, with the, along with the positive tests and the switching of the glove, we forgot about that too? Come on. Joe Joseph Parker ends up getting knocked down. Questionable decision. Come on, man. I'm not impressed. So. It was a good win. It was a good win. He, he, he looked a lot better. But look at Pavekin. And you can't you can't say, oh, Dillian White made him look like that. No, he didn't. He didn't he, he didn't have no legs. It was obvious. It's not right. like Dillian White hit him with a punch that got him that way. He was like that from the opening bell. He was like the yeah. Yeah, he was like that from the get-go, man. And you know, that that's kind of like what the main story is, is that you know, what status was Alexander Pavekin in? you know, leading into this particular fight. It was just that, you know, once they had uh, activated the rematch clause, you know, they wanted to just go ahead and uh, get that thing going, you know, and, and just get it over with instead of, like, having the whole six months go go over so that Pavekin could fully recover from his, you know, illness. Oh, you mean UK fans and management believe in rematch clauses? Really? Hmm. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, apparently, there's supposed to be like another rematch clause when it comes to, um, you know, that guy like uh, Josh Warrington. Uh, there after Josh Warrington got himself beat down. What? He's going to fight that kid again? Yeah, it looks like like that. That's what it's, that's what the signs are pointing to. He shouldn't do that. <laughs> I want you know, I, I want I want I want that to be a rematch. I, I sure do. I want it to be a rematch. He shouldn't do that. Yo, Eddie, Eddie has to get a new matchmaker or something, man. Like, nah, <laughs> that's not the move. Yo. That's that's not the move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. True that, true that, man. True that. All right. Uh, before I like get into this next segment here, I'm gonna like take a quick break for like a uh, few moments, and then uh, we'll continue this uh, conversation here in a bit. Uh, the Boxing Source Radio Show, going at it, you know, one time, and we'll be back here after a few. All right. I wanted to uh, just get get it back going here with the conversation. 
Um, looks like another uh, person is joining us here. Uh, shout out to uh, this should be uh, Mr. Uh, Mike uh, on on this thing here. So what's going on? What's going on, guys? How y'all doing today? Yeah, this is Mike. Doing good, man. Doing good. Quick shout out to Pound for Pound Sports in, in the building, uh, taking in live. Uh, so, so Mike, what, what you what you got going on? Not too much. Uh, what are y'all? What y'all talking about tonight? The fights, the uh, Dylan White. Y'all already talked about that. Yeah, Dylan White. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, he gets a win, but he he kind of uh, <laughs> he he wasn't really that impressive okay. in, in that fight. I mean, did he have much to be impressive off of? Even in his uh in his win, did he have to be super impressive? Mm, not really, but it, it's almost like too many people are riding off this like it was a really big win, but Pavekin was just not it. He was not what? He was not there. Like you could see from the first round that Pavekin was slipping and sliding. I mean, even last fight, uh, Dylan White was winning almost 70, 80% of the fight until he got caught by the a very vicious uppercut but um i mean the speed difference was was one difference even the mobility difference dylan white ain't this super mobile guy but if you don't move your head and some guy who knows how to throw punches heavy punches lands almost literally every punch and he hits you first and he hits you with two three shots that was happening last fight he like people say and made a big you know bump over it, but Dylan White was winning the last fight. It wasn't no different this fight, this fight. And I I wish, man, if I'd have looked at the lines to see if people was writing him off, because I definitely would have betted on him. Nah. Nah. He... White was a bigger favorite in this fight. Okay. Well, see, there you go. People talk smack about him, but everybody saw that the the difference in... You can't even say it's skill. It's just Ability, the difference in ability was apparent. Maybe even oh, skill too. Maybe skill also. Oh man, I wish uh, my boy was still on because he he is not sold on one. Yeah, he is not sold on white one bit. And I kind of like said it too. I'm like, with white, there is one thing that he does that's exceptional. You know, throw big punches. Uh, what like throws punches like from uh from left field because he threw a couple of tried to throw a couple of haymakers in this bout. and they landed didn't they? <laughs> One of them did. And if you that slow or cumbersome that you get hit with them punches, you deserve to get hit with them. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, yo, shout out to Pound for Pound Sports on the live chat. It says like Pavek can look drunken in that particular bout, man. I don't know. Like it, he was just like, I, I just felt he was out of it. I mean, yeah, he looked every bit of forty-one years old, but like it was a difference between you know him getting hit with the punches and you know fighting back, and just getting hit with punches and not responding at all. Um, looks like Jamil is back here with us, man. What's up? Hey, um, did anybody see the John Fury interview? 
Uh, just like um, yeah, just like uh, hit hit the thing on um, you know what it was saying on BT Sport, but um, to to like kind of go through it real quick. Um, here we are about like two weeks after you know somebody announced that uh the fight was signed for Anthony Joshua and and Tyson Fury to you know go at it. But you know, here we are two weeks later, and you know, they really don't have a site. And John Fury was saying, like, almost pretty much a similar thing that Tyson Fury was saying. Like they weren't any, you know, any uh closer to you know having that fight, you know, be in fruition uh than it was a couple of weeks ago or a month ago. And the big thing that John Fury said was that he's like, there's no one really out there that's you know willing to pay that site fee because shoot, I mean they, they still you know have this whole thing with lockdowns and stuff like that. Like are like if you if you're gonna have um a fight of this magnitude, you're gonna have to put up some serious bread for it. And mm. you know, I know that there's there have been other people out there talking about, oh, this is a such and such, you know, dollar fight or this has this amount to it and whatnot. We don't have anything as far as like an actual announcement as to where it is or how much the site fee is gonna be. Now what we do kind of know from previous bouts is that you know Tyson Fury would have been like due about 25 or you know 30 million dollars plus uh for a fight, you know, a big fight. And he would have probably got about 40 to 50 for a fight against Anthony Joshua. They were trying to do 50-50, so it'd be you know 50 million each at, at the minimum for both fighters. So where would they get something to where someone would put up over a hundred million dollars in order to properly host the fight and get something where they get money back off of that? Like you really don't see it. And in I, I kind of like said this about if there was going to be a third fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, that's at least fifty million dollars that has to be put up. Who's gonna be able to do that in this particular juncture? You can't have that yet. This is not, you know, like Canelo fighting Billy Joe Saunders. That's like Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders is not even, you know, what, $30 million total, you know, to, to, to pay off for those fighters. This is much bigger than that. So how are you going to do that in this juncture when the when the world is not really completely – well, it'll never be completely back, but it's not to the point where you could have enough people to attend an event of that magnitude, no matter where it is, because that's the only way that they'll be able to get the money back for putting up for a fight of that magnitude right there. So that's what I got. Out of what Put Mike Tyson on the card. Then you get that money. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yo. He ain't lying, though. <laughs> That's what's crazy. He ain't lying. But listen, listen. I'm I'm going up against Vin Holyfield. Okay, that's gonna happen in May. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna happen in May. I'm going up against Vin Holyfield. He said that I wasn't gonna fight him, but I'm going to fight him. Everything is happening. I didn't sign my name on the contract, and it's gonna happen on May 29th. And that's what's up. Uh, shout out uh, real quick. Uh, Brandon is joining into the uh, conversation. 
uh, here. But um, yeah, uh, Jamil, I mean, it, it's it's all about finances, man. I don't see you know our finances being out there to realistically make that money back of a fight of that magnitude. You tried to tell fans that yo, this don't, this isn't gonna happen, and they tell you you're a Wilder fanboy, you're a nut hugger, this that, but now you have. Deontay Wilder haters or guys who've been really critical that are telling you that that it's likely to be Wilder nuts. Fucking excuse my language. Rick Glacier is is screaming that it's going to be Wilder next. Mike Coppinger is saying that that Fury versus Joshua fight isn't going to happen when people think it is. It's obvious. A hundred million dollars when people have lost billions. Yeah, like there's, just, there are people who have effectively now. Of course, there are people that made billions, but um, for the most part, like look at uh, NFL and NBA owners, they got slaughtered this last year. Mm-hmm. All all the sports across the board last year got crushed. Slaughtered. Crushed when yeah. it came to overall revenue. So, you know they they're pretty much like seeing if they could take anything they can. And try to work that out, you know what I mean? Um, man, I don't like I don't like this uh, comment here for pound for pound sports. I'm talking about, I sound like Jay Z. Oh no, come on! The best need to fight the best while drinking boy smoothies. It's hove. <laughs> rock, rock for life. Hey, yo. <laughs> Make sure y'all subscribe to Pound for Pound Sports Entertainment, man. There's a definitely a lot of good content, y'all. He be really working hard. Yo, Brandon, what's going on, man? Nah, just chilling, man. So what's the deal? Y'all talking about that uh, Fury, Fury, uh, Joshua shit? Yeah, Jamil, uh, you know, brought brought the thing up about what John Fury said, and you know, I was just going off for of the last part of um, you know, what he said, and it's just a realistic. It's just a realistic assessment. Like, how are you going to have a fight of that magnitude, you know, when, you know, there isn't completely, um, you know, travel is still, like, restricted in some places? Uh, the U- the is not open like, like Texas, dog. Anywhere. The UK's not open. Yeah, the UK's not open. Mm-mm. Like, this is the thing. So like, I'm not a Wilder guy. Uh, Jamil can attest to this, but he asked me. He goes, "Are they going to be able to do that fight?" I'm like, "They want to do it with a hundred thousand in the UK. But that's not going to happen right now or this year. So, is that fight going to happen? You know what I mean? The only way it happens is if the Middle East puts it on, and then, bro, the the, the thing is, the Middle East they're shut down. There's no fans yeah. allowed in the stands with them. So, are they yeah. going to give you a hundred million dollars? Like, people just think the Money grows in Middle the East is probably more strict than everywhere else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, because it's a uh, what a monarchy, right? So yeah, yeah, we can... yeah. Like, they a... probably ain't fucking playing around with that COVID shit. You know what I mean? Oh well, not at all. You know, as far as like the whole distancing and and all that type of stuff. So, but you know, a lot of places they they've been wrapping them their faces up for a good little while now for years. Um. Let's see another uh person joining into this live conversation. Uh here. Yeah. Uh, shout out to uh rap star in the building. 
Um, what up, bro? I'm from England, man. I'm only just got a couple of minutes. I just want to share some knowledge with you, brothers. So the ahead. guy who said England is shut down, he's correct. England is shut down. The fight is not looking to happen in England. They've got uh, investors and billionaires in Saudi Arabia. And the billionaires which have reached out to Eddie Hearn, they want to make this fight in Saudi Arabia. But what they're trying to do is get a rematch into England once the country opens. So I think the first fight's going to be away from our motherland. Well, here was the other thing, too, that, you know, uh, some people kind of talked about when it came to the first fight. Now, if it was going to be in Saudi Arabia, yeah. right, um, like, could they even have it in the summer months? You know how you know how bad it is in the summer months, unless they have an indoor venue that they're going to make. Because it's not going to be built like you know, you know how they did for a Riyadh for that uh, Joshua Rees fight that they had in December 2019. Right. December is completely different than you know July and June or whatnot. So. So that's one thing. And the other thing with, with the rematch being in England, yeah, they're trying to like have it, I get they were trying to, I guess, have two fights within this year. That's not gonna happen. Mm. You know, I, I I just don't see that happening. And they wanted to make it as big as possible. And to do that, you would have to have those restrictions be lifted in the UK. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. Uh, to my knowledge, the restrictions haven't been lifted in the Middle East. I know it's country by country, but they aren't allowing fans in the Middle East. So are we are we supposed to believe Eddie when he's saying somebody's going to put up $100 million when they can't even get fans in the building? Uh, more than 100. They're pushing up more than $100 million. Uh, how, how, much, how much do you think? Or how much is being said? Well, they're already trying to give $100 million to each fighter. So that you're talking two hundred million dollars just between Fury and Anthony Joshua, and you think that's realistic? Well, look, we got to remember this, right? At the end of the day, it's a huge event, right? It's a massive, massive event, and we've seen, right, that Anthony Joshua got over eighty-five <coughs> for Andy Ruiz in the in Saudi Arabia. Mm. So the numbers are there, and they're official out there. I think with Eddie Hearn, what he's doing, right, he's cooking up the pot, and he's just trying to keep it alive. But anything can happen in the pandemic. We've seen that things are just opening and closing. So it's kind of difficult. But I think with what they're trying to do, they just want to establish themselves somewhere. And once the money comes on the floor in the venue, they can, you know, as you know and I know, loads of billionaire investors are interested in this fight. And, you know, we saw Mike Tyson in the pandemic hit over 1.2 million pay-per-views himself, you know? So I think, I think, is optimistic, but I don't think two fights are going to happen this year, just like the other gentleman said. I think that fight doesn't happen till, um, and I'm going to be, yeah, I don't think it happens till like December. Right, right. Me maybe, personally. yeah, maybe they'll push it forward, but I do will tell you this that there is officially out there that billionaires in Saudi Arabia are more than interested to entertain this fight. They're working on it. Um, anything can happen though. You know, we're living in difficult times right now. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, my thing is, I, I tried to look at um, some of the stuff that, you know, could be out there and, you know, really can't find it as far as, like, overall attendance for events in Saudi Arabia. So, 
um, that's going to be one thing that I'll look into uh, here within the next couple of days to see, like, if there's... I think it's Abu Dhabi. I think they're looking into Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi? Okay. So, uh, we'll now, see. Now, no, if you were to say Abu Dhabi, uh, yeah, that, that could be. <laughs> that could be. Now, yes. I, I could see that over Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. But you know, that's it. That's right there anyway. Abu Dhabi is the hub, you know what I mean? And Abu Dhabi is where all the investors are, all the big corporations have invested into that town. And Abu Dhabi seems to be the biggest city growing now mm. over there. Yeah, that yeah, that would be something if it, you know, try to in let it if it does end up there. But you know, like I was saying, I mean, even at that time period, you know, June, July, like Abu Dhabi and the whole desert area. That's just uh, uh where did they have it in Saudi Arabia last time? Huh? I said, where did they have it in Saudi Arabia last time? Riyadh. Yeah, I I could see Abu Dhabi over Riyadh. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, some uh, man, uh, pound for pound talking about Ted DiBiase and Vince McMahon or the mystery investment. Hey, <laughs> everybody's got a price. <laughs> has there been, has there been any news out of UAE? Yeah, that's what I would have thought. I, I yeah, they would be my number one. You know, uh, there was some saying, right? Eddie Hearn said, "What about Texas?" But you know, the fans in England won't be happy about that. I'm going to tell you why. This is a once in a life historical event for us. We're never going to probably get this till we die. You know what I mean? The undisputed championship between two British heavyweights is unheard of, bro. So a lot of the fans, they're going to get angry, bro. They're already protesting out here on social media. They're saying to Eddie Hearn, don't put this fight in America, bro, because we will You know, imagine this. Imagine you got two heavyweights in America and they put that fight in England. How would you but, feel? But here's um, the thing. We, it, we don't have the same type of restrictions that England has at this point. It like it's, it's 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 like out of our hands. Yeah, like you see the England, it's out of their hands. The the boxing fans in England, like yeah, that would be that would have been their dream to have two British heavyweights in the UK for the undisputed heavyweight championship fight. But the way that they have their you know COVID lockdowns right now, they can't have that first fight there. It just can't happen. So, right now, this is the best uh, option that they can come up with is to try to, you know, have it in, you know, the, uh, you know, Abu Dhabi or Saudi Arabia or anything like that, you know. But if they had it in America, shoot, that actually might not be that bad of an idea. Yeah, but I, they're going to do so, it. So when you said you you got news that it would be Abu Dhabi out of UAE, right? No, what would Dubai make more sense? I mean, Dubai is more of a, a tourist attraction than Abu Dhabi. Oh, wrap you on that one. Can you rap, your rap star, you so long. I don't know what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like... yeah, yeah, it's with the connection there, man. Yeah, so. but for me, Abu Dhabi doesn't make more sense than uh, Riyadh. And 
But to me, Dubai is more of an attraction. I, I don't know. Maybe Dubai is more, I guess, urban. Mm-hmm. More of an urban attraction than Abu Dhabi. But I, I don't know, man. I yeah. <laughs> This situation is very fluid. And you know, um, you know, brings up um, there's one point in the chat here, you know, from years ago. You had, you know, Ali versus Foreman, and you had um, you know, Ali versus Frazier three not being in America. And those True. were, you know, the biggest fights they were out, you know, at that particular point. So I mean, shoot. <laughs> that could, you know, basically happen and why not have, you know, uh Joshua versus Fury you know, be anywhere. This is for, you know, world championship. It doesn't necessarily have to, you know, be in the home country of both of those fighters, you know, not necessarily, but pound for pound. The only thing is nobody really cares about uh, nobody in America really cares about this fight. I mean, I got to say it if nobody's going to say it. Uh, they're I don't care really, either. No, like nobody really like this isn't one of those. It's a big fight in British history. Like it's probably the biggest fight in British history. But if you ask a regular person that's walking down the street, are you excited about Joshua versus Fury? They're going to say who? It's just the reality of it. And um, pound for pound, how much did Ted DiBiase bid on the fight? Because I heard Shang Tsung is coming in. With a very very lucrative offer. That that that's what I'm hearing. Shang Tsung, and uh, um, not uh Bruce Wayne, but uh Harry Osborne is is coming in strong. Listen, Gr, what you think? Listen, <laughs> some may cost a little, some may cost a lot, but I'm the million dollar man. And you will be bought. <laughs> no, my bad. Um, <laughs> but I mean, from a realistic standpoint, like I, I'm still like skeptical as far as like how the logistics will be for this fight if they try to, you know, get it into Saudi Arabia or Abu Dhabi or anything like that with the type of you know climate that they have during that particular you know time period. So. You know, with the thing with what John Fury is talking about, it's like, hey, why not just, you know, go ahead and get some type of fight going? Now, with that being said, that that could leave the door open for a fight against Deontay Wilder, but the same circumstances kind of fall into place with that in that. You can still put that in have Texas enough and Florida, resources Jay. to afford it. I said, Jay, you can still put that in Texas and Florida. Mm. But will they get what they want out of that, though? I don't think you'll get w- out anything. You know what I mean? I don't. I, <laughs> yeah, like he's like either way, everybody's going to take somebody's going to take it short. Now he um the the guy uh right. rap star. Yeah, I'm gonna see if we can get back on here and yeah. uh, try it. Try it. All right. Hey, sorry about that, guys. I've got some difficulties with my audio. You know, yeah. Rap Star, do you have a channel? I've got two channels, and I just like to say, look, I come to support you guys. Um, I've got two channels in England. I go live every other week. So yeah, now, man. 
I'm gonna definitely yeah. subscribe, bro. Yeah, bro. Mm. Look, I keep it raw. I keep it how it is. But look, I'm here to support boxing, man. And you know, the undisputed fight for the heavyweight world championship seems to be the biggest fight that we're looking for at the moment, bro. Now, um, you know, before we like have a quick break, like um, YSM, like was saying, like the thing about a fight between uh Joshua and Fury, while it may be, you know, the biggest fight that would be in like British history, like it wouldn't necessarily. He says it wouldn't necessarily move the needle here, uh, in the United States. You know what I mean? Um, it's almost like um, let let me see. Like if you had um Vladimir Klitschko versus you know a David Hay type of fight. Yeah, yeah, and it's understandable. It was like you've got to remember this. We speak to other countries, just like in Middle East, China. We speak to countries in Australia, Japan. I speak all over the world in panels, and those countries are standing up for the fight. It's like the biggest fight for a lot of boxing hardcore fans all over the world. Um, but maybe in the commercial media, it might not be big in America as big if it was two American fighters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, I, I believe you when you're saying it, it's big, like Australia's giving them a lot of love. Huge. I, I believe yeah. that. Yeah. But, you know, neither one of those guys moved the needle here as of yet. I mean, I, I, I feel like Joshua mm. is probably the biggest star, you know, you, um, worldwide, but... I Fury's think Tyson Fury is the most hated star. Does that make sense? Like, his his volume of commercial following is huge. And let me just break down some numbers for you. Tyson Fury did over 800,000 buys with Wilder in America. In America. For pay-per-view. I know it's not Mayweather numbers, but yeah. it's still 800 over 1,000. Yeah, but that's... If you check the numbers with Otto Wileen and Tom Schwartz... Yeah, we know like that. They he doesn't big. draw here. He's a bigger name than Joshua here, but that's based yeah. off Deontay Wilder. Yeah. See, so, I'm from London. I come from where Anthony Joshua comes from. So we support Joshua more in our city, right? But the actual hate in England for Fury is like the Mayweather days. You know when people used to hate really? Mayweather? Yeah. They wow. hate on Fury yeah. Here, oh, yeah. Bro. There's more wow. hate on Fury because of Fury's personality, bro. Yep. You see, but that's causing the attraction. You see this love and hate shit? It causes multi, multi big that attraction around the that world. Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's crazy. It makes yeah. sense. I mean, hey, like, can, I, can I just say this, though? Wilder, any news on Deontay Wilder from your end in America? Uh, still that they're going through arbitration. And that's all we know like it's there's like Wilder's camp is like really really quiet right now. And no training footage about Wilder. No nothing. Nothing. Like, nothing. I, I haven't heard anything from you know anybody that could you know be at least a little bit close to where Wilder's camp is. Like a crazy zero dark thirty. Like yeah, it's 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 just blank because um you know I had uh you know one guest out here that used to. You know, being there training with uh, Deontay Wilder over in Alabama, and he's you know he wasn't doing that for months. And you know, outside of that, I used to have one person that goes back and forth uh, in the South and goes through Alabama, and he's heard nothing. That was his wow. primary sparring partner, right? 
Well, it was at one point, yes. So yeah, then Roy, then Roy Thomas. Yeah. So there is a saying out there. I spoke to Wilder's camp, by the way, about uh, six weeks ago. That was the last time I ever spoke to them, right? And at that time, they were not giving any details to us. They just let us know that they're in the same uh, policies and just waiting to see what happens with arbitration. Um, but. You know, I just like to see Wilder in some good videos, in some, you know, training footages just to build his excitement because he's one of the most exciting fighters I've ever seen in the mm. division. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you know, in in a in a perfect world, if they were to tell me, okay, uh Joshua's gonna fight Fury, Wilder's gonna fight White, and then the winner of both are gonna fight each other. I'm cool with that. Yeah. It's so good for I. boxing. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and to me, that would be the if if Wilder was not able to fight Tyson Fury, a fight with Dylan White is like the only one I see that really makes sense. And because one, a lot of people have you know a lot of people have been in demand for it. Uh, two, and this is from a financial perspective that. It's the only fight where, you know, I think that Wilder would be able to get what he kind of commands at this point. But to be honest, I think you forgot the key point. That would give him the interim WBC title to get himself into position. Yeah. If he doesn't get the fight. If he gets the interim title from Dylan White, he would demand the position. Right. So, right. you know, the problem is Eddie Hearn's trying to make that fight for England. And he says that if we fight Wilder, we want to try and make this fight. But again, they're trying to make these fights in December. And I don't think Deontay Wilder's looking to come out of America right now to fight in England. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't see him doing that. Yeah. Um, one of the other things too is that they want to at least try to get one fight between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury out of the way. So that they could say one of those two guys could be called the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. But after that, those belts could go anywhere. You know, they could say that and, and you know, just what I was talking about, the WBO could be like, hey, the next, the winner would have to face uh, Usyk or else with the belt. And that was what this intention was. They were like, you know what? I don't, they don't care what the WBO does. At least let's get this fight over with, and the winner would be called the undisputed champ for that particular time, and then they would immediately give up the WBO title. It's like no different than when Tyson Fury beat Vladimir Klitschko, mm -hmm. and a week later, ten days later, he relinquished the IBF title. You know, because it was supposed to be, you know, what mandatory defense of the IBF title in 2015. They were like, nope. It was supposed to go through the rematch. So here it's, it's going to be that same situation in that the WBO is going to enforce the winner to fight Usyk or give up the belt. And they'll just give up the belt. Hey, you know you're boxing, bro, because the WBO said to Usyk, if he steps aside, they will 100% give him the mandatory position regardless of any other sanctioning body. It will be the WBO first for Usyk. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it was it was kind of like that, you know, anyways. I didn't for one, 
in 2020, I didn't think he was quite, you know, uh, ready uh, to, you know, have that bout. But the order that the uh, mandatory was going, like, Joshua had to defend that IBF first anyway. Um, so, you know, that's how that situation worked out. And they worked out a deal, you know, with, um, you know, with the thing for um, Usyk to step aside, you know, for that one belt. You know, yeah. Um, you know, one thing here before you know, I take a quick break. Um, in the live chat, says, "What if the WBC franchise Fury, uh, you know, while White would become the WBC champion, Wilder would be forced to fight White to get his belt back." But either way, I'm like, why, why not have Deontay Wilder fight Dylan White for the interim belt, and he would put himself in position to fight. Either one of those guys, Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua, for that WBC title. So, you know, that's the thing. I don't think that WBC would, you know, franchise Tyson Fury like that. If they did that, that would be, you know, really, uh, you know, crappy right there. You know what I'm saying? So I'm reading some reports. It says that Wilder's asking for $10.5 million to fight Charles Martin in order after his arbitration. Now, I don't know if these reports are real, but have you heard of this? That Wilder said if he's going to fight Charles Martin, he wants over 10 million? I, I haven't, excuse me, I haven't heard the reports, but okay. it, it's something that I, I'm not surprised about because, you right. know, like I was saying, with, with Deontay Wilder in his situation with Tyson Fury, they originally had like a two-fight deal. In the first deal, they got in excess of $25 million each because it was like a 50-50 split. And the deal was with the two fights, it was going to be 50-50 for the first fight. And then it would be like a 60-40 towards the winner in that, in that next fight, you know? So with Tyson Fury winning, if they would have had the third fight and the split was, you know, basically the same with that $50 million purse, Fury would have been due 30 million. Wilder would have been due 20 million. Yeah. So now you don't have Wilder fighting Fury. So in essence, he's already lost that potential 20 million dollars. But with him uh fighting for 25, like you're not gonna go from 25 million to a significant cut to where you're you're seven figures. You're at an eight, you're an eight-figure fighter now. So that's gonna be your minimum is eight figures so it has to be at least 10 million dollars for a fight against anybody yeah but a fight like uh, charles martin would they be able to give 10 million dollars to deontay wilder for a fight against charles martin and them getting enough back from it mm -hmm. i don't think so that's why i feel like the fight that makes the most sense for deontay wilder at this point if he can't fight tyson fury is dylan white there, they could get you know as much as they can off of the uh, minimum there. So, uh, with that being said, I'm gonna like take about a quick, uh, quick break right here, and then we're gonna get back at it uh, here. Hey, I really two. appreciate you guys having me on, man. I'm going live later with some great people. Why don't you come check us out, man? All right, uh, we'll see uh, what happens there uh, in 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 your uh, thing here, but we're gonna be uh, back in here with this podcast here in a few seconds. God bless you guys. Peace. All right, uh, we are back here with the boxing source. 
Uh, shout out to Rap Star uh, for joining us here with this particular podcast. Shout out to Jamila of YSM Sports Media for joining us here as we you know, had a good little conversation about you know the situation there in the heavyweight division when it comes to the potentially having an undisputed heavyweight championship fight later this year and if it's gonna you know be any closer to happening um but we we had a you know detailed discussion about it and it, it's still a you know real messy situation here you know um you know big john fury says that you know we're not any closer to you know where they were a couple of weeks ago when they kind of announced the fight and you know that's what it is and he's very he said he's very concerned with uh his son, uh, his son there, uh, Tyson Fury, and Fury has not fought in over a year. This has been, you know, thir- over 13 months since his fight against Deontay Wilder. So he wants to have his uh, guy there back in the ring. But, you know, like I've said, when it comes to the business of boxing, it costs a lot. And Tyson Fury right now at this point, you know, if he has a big fight against whether it's Deontay Wilder or against Anthony Joshua, that's at least thirty million dollars U.S. in his pocket. And right now, it's all about where you know who who else has the money. And Rapstar kind of like you know gone into it a little bit in the last segment, but we got to be able to have the, uh, more details as to you know those who will be able to finance that particular fight. Um, but you know, getting back into you know the boxing conversation here. Uh, you know, we have like a few more fights that are coming up, uh, you know, with the next week, two weeks. Uh, I know that, you know, one of our Boxing Source Radio Show alums, uh, Jamel Herring, the WBO Super Featherweight Champion, is going to finally, finally, finally fight Carl Frampton over in Dubai next week. So, Looking forward to that. He's, you know, been, he's over in Dubai right now. He's been there for, I think, like a few days. Uh, so he's been, you know, out there training for that particular fight against Carl Frampton. Uh, that fight was, you know, kind of like been set up since 2019. And now they finally uh, been able to put that together. So, you know, shout out to uh, Jamel Herring. Uh, they're uh, going up against Carl Frampton. Uh, Carl Frampton, who's been you know, world champion in, um, you know, lower weight classes, but uh, is here trying to get a super featherweight championship, you know, after being in the super bantamweight division and the featherweight division uh, winning titles there. So um, so that's uh, one fight that I'm looking forward to. Of course, you have like on April 10th, uh, you're going to have Jerron Booth's Enos. Uh, that's, that's going to be in action. You know, as well, uh, he, you know, finally has his uh, fight against uh, Sergey Lipinets. Uh, that's going to be uh, coming up on uh, Saturday, uh, April 10th on uh, Showtime. So uh, that's going to be another, you know, event that's coming up uh, here within the month of April. So uh, those are the, uh, you know, notable bouts that are uh, coming up here in the near future. Um, you know, did, you know, I was going to say that, you know, I was going to talk about the uh, whole thing with um, the uh, undercard of Pavekin versus White, too. But uh, we're probably going to table that for, you know, later time. You know, we kind of like went over uh, some of it uh, in the uh, live uh, commentary yesterday. 
Um, you know, when you had uh, Fabio Wardley pretty much uh, knock out <laughs> knock out Eric Molina at the Molina caught him with a right hand. Uh, but uh, you also had the cheese man uh, get a win in that particular bout. And some people are saying that <laughs> Ted Cheeseman could uh, fight uh, Jared Hurd uh, later this year. Uh, I don't know if they want to do all that. Um, but there is uh, one thing that I kind of, you know, came across that um, was uh, fairly interesting to me uh, this week is that you're going to have a uh, former super welterweight champ uh, there or, you know, super welterweight champ, Arislandi Lara, is going to move up to the middleweight division to face Thomas Lamada for a version of the WBA middleweight championship. And uh, that's going to be, you know, on May 1st. Uh, so that's going to be, you know, part of the Fox PBC fight night before the pay-per-view of Andy Ruiz Jr. versus Chris Ariola. So I, I thought that was a pretty surprising announcement that they're going to have, you know, Laura there with the uh, amount of experience that he has in the super welterweight division going up and wait to middleweight to fight Thomas Lamana for that version of a super middle, uh, I mean, not super middleweight, but middleweight championship. But, you know, in the super uh, welterweight division, there's only like one real fight that, you know, is, you know, out there anyway. And that's going to eventually be for the undisputed title, you know, um, as you're going to have, you know, Jamel Charlo there against Brian Carlos Castaño because Castaño, you know, got that WBO belt, you know, and you have a uh, Jamel Charlo with all the other belts. So you might as well just go ahead and have that undisputed uh, title fight there at super middle uh, welterweight. So that's all that's, uh, you know, left out there. You know what I mean? Um, but that's like, you know, coming up there on uh, May 1st. Uh, so, we have like a few events that are coming up here within the next four or five weeks in the sport of boxing that we're going to be, you know, catching up with. Um, know that uh, one uh, fighter here that, you know, we talked with his trainer, um, you know, so we, we have uh, the real big baby Jared Anderson is supposed to be fighting on April 10th as well. So uh, we got like a lot of uh, fights that are coming up you know, in the next uh, few weeks or so, you know what I mean? Um, but it, it, it's going to be uh, real busy in the sport of boxing over the next four or five weeks. I know that we had the thing with uh, Canelo Alvarez versus Billy Joe Saunders on May 8th in Texas as well. So, um, and the, you know, undisputed title fight and super lightweight between Josh Taylor and Jose Carlos Ramirez. So, not, you know, we, we, we had like at one point earlier this year where there wasn't that, that much action in the sport of boxing, but we are picking it right back up here uh, starting in uh, April. So definitely, you know, looking forward to that, all of that and uh, whatnot. But, <clears throat> but you know, like I was saying uh, here in, in the beginning of this podcast was, you know, going through the whole thing with Dylan White and Alexander Povetkin. Um, now, I don't know if Pavekin officially retired, but his, uh, you know, advisor there, uh, you know, Andre Ryabinski says that, 
you know, uh, Pavek and should, you know, hang him up after, you know, that loss to uh, Denim White. You know, we got hit with that left hook, went down to the canvas. They stopped about before, you know, the corner threw that towel in. If y'all saw the replay, uh, Pavekin's corner threw the towel in, you know, behind the ref. So, uh, but that was, you know, kind of like basically it for Alexander Pavekin. So if that's going to be, you know, official for Pavekin, then that's going to be a, you know, a fairly long career for uh, a former Olympic gold medalist there in Alexander Pavekin. But uh, that's, you know, mainly all that we have uh, as far as like uh, what's going down so far uh, here within the sport of boxing that we we wanted to cover. Uh, I don't know if uh, Mike had any other things to uh, add in uh, for this particular uh, podcast. Uh, any uh, part notes there for you, brother Mike? Still with us? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, nothing <clears throat> in particular I think is interesting to see uh, Lara go up. Maybe the fight will be more exciting. I don't know the guy who he's fighting, but I just hope somebody pressure him enough to make him like have to work because otherwise his fights aren't really as uh, entertaining as they could be because, you know, his with his style, he can stay away from people and sort of win a um, quiet fight, which, you know, that's that's nothing wrong with that. But it just kind of. I've grown a. It, 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 I've, I've kind of just got tired of like his fight, sort of, because it's not as, uh, as exciting. There's a way I feel like people can win a boxing match, but it just feels like he's content at bang, 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 and then moving, and then the fighter is following him the whole time until he catch him with the one or the one-two, and just really cumbersome to watch. Yeah, you know. I just feel like it's going to be interesting in this case because if he does get the win, then he might go after some of the chips at middleweight. And maybe, maybe he fights another Colombian, but I don't know. But now that would be interesting. Yeah, it definitely would. Uh, But, yo, with that being said, that's going to put this uh, particular uh, episode to a close. I thank everyone for joining in live uh, and be sure to, you know, listen to the replays. Uh, that'll be available uh, later uh, through iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, whatever uh, you use listening podcasts. We'll be, uh, see if we'll be right back at it uh, next Sunday. Uh, we'll see about that. Shout out to everybody that's uh, been on Power for Pound Sports Entertainment on the live chat. Chris on the live chat. UK47 on the live chat. And one, two kid on the live chat. Like I said, you know, uh, with uh, Mike joining in, Jamil joining in, Rap Star joining in, uh, Brandon joining in. Thanks for being part of this particular podcast. Like I say at the end of every show, folks, the point of boxing is to hit and I can hit, not to stand the trade. On that note, folks, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody.